This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. When things go well, everyone's happy. Your shareholders are happy, employees are happy, all stakeholders are happy. When things don't go well, you're in trouble. It's a very complex topic, but um, we can go in, you know, days talking about this and why you should do what. 90% of the most successful companies out there, they had a dilution event, mm. right? Very rarely would you be able to become a billion dollar business without raising capital. If you want to accelerate your growth, you need to bring in the capital to be able to inject capital into the business to take it to where you want it to go. So that sounds like that's some of the pros. What are some yeah. of the cons of raising capital? Sure. So, Michael, welcome back. Thanks for having me. Today, we're going to talk about why I would raise capital um, in my business. I want to touch on the pros, the cons, why I would actually make that decision and how it affects you know, my, my, my existence as a business owner. Uh, and then some of the responsibilities that changes, cause I think that's something that would probably affect the, the decision in the, at the end of the day, but we'll start with a, just a very base question. Why, why am I raising capital? Sure. So I think first thing first, you want to, if you want to accelerate your growth, you need to bring in the capital to be able to inject capital into the business to take it to where you want it to go. So I think that's first thing first. Secondly, if you want to put a valuation onto your business by raising capital and having an investor dictate what your valuation is and having that conversation, I think that's also a, a, sort of a way to get your valuation up and up. So as an example, at Besop, you know, we did a, a initial raise of 4 million. Now we're doing a round of 15 million, you know, eight months later because of what we've been able to deliver. And now we've got someone coming in saying it's worth 15 million bucks, right? And that's the reason why we raise money there is because if we were to inject money into our pharmacy channel, we could double the revenue. So by injecting a certain amount of funds into the, that channel, we're able to grow it substantially. Um, ultimately, when you're raising money, you want to understand like what resources do you need and what do you need to do and how much money do you need to be able to execute on what you want to execute. Does that make sense? How, like, so how, how, I guess a, a follow-up question is how, how you talked about the valuation and getting that creep in valuation mm -hmm. and, you know, let's say bear swap $4 mm -hmm. million dollar valuation, mm -hmm. and then it's going to 15. Why, why is that important? Like, why is it important for me to have, first of all, have that valuation number mm -hmm. and what does that mean for any other opportunities? Right? So like, cause I, I obviously when you raise money at 4 mm -hmm. million, mm -hmm. I'm assuming that that becomes disregarded when you make your next cap raise, if you go down yeah. that path. But like, I'm just trying to understand why that's important. Yeah. So it might not necessarily be important for everyone. Like yep. we've got an exit strategy and we want to sell the business at some point and we know how much we want for it. Right. And so if we can springboard stages, so, you know, if we inject a 1.5 million at a 15 million valuation, we're happy to give away that much percentage in the business, right? Which call it 10% um, in order to execute on the plan, right? And then go, if we did X, Y, Z, if we were valued at $15 million at this, at this performance, and now we've brought in 1.5 to execute on all these things over the next 12 to 18 months. Now we've 10X our revenue, we've done this, this, and this then we theoretically should be worth more. And that's yeah. your justification process. Mm -hmm. So you might've doubled your business. You might've 10 X your business and you've agreed to a double valuation. So we might go do another round in 24 months. And at that point we might be worth 
30 million or mm-hmm. we might be worth 50, um, 50 million, whatever that might look like, right? Yep. So it's look at it as like stepping stones, right? It's like I need, let's call it the start. I might need 250 at a 4 million valuation is what we agree on and I'm happy to give away that much and I'm happy to settle for 250. Like you don't want to be – like we've had options – to raise, like we had an offer for $4 million, but we didn't want to take that much because we didn't want to give, give away that much of the business. And we were happy to wait on the sideline because we knew that taking 1.5 made more sense. And so we did. And so, you know, if you inject cash early on, let's say 250K, you did what you need to do. You've promised to deliver on that, right? On those outcomes. And then you go, okay, now I think by doing all these actionables, we're worth much more than that then I'm happy to raise more money to then take us to the next level and then continue doing that to the next level until we get to the figure that we want to get to. Yeah, and so that kind of on the back of our last episode is we talked about the valuations. Mm -hmm. What's really important when you're raising money is understanding how much you want to raise Mm -hmm. based on certain performance Mm -hmm. uh, indications. Mm -hmm. And then you need to deliver. Mm -hmm. And so a part of that plan is, well, we're going to spend the money on this, this, and this. These are Spot the on. kind of, these are the things we're really going to work towards. Mm-hmm. And this is where we want to be yep. at in two years time or Spot one on. year's time. And that yep. kind of gives, formulates a plan. And then you just got to be able to execute. Correct. And it's so, I think like, a, I remember when I used to think about this is that when, you know, or when I was a, a, a much younger, but raising, raising money, you don't, you know, when you raise money, you're not yep. rich. You no. know, like as in... It's paper money. Yeah, but it's not even yeah. that. It's like you, you, as a founder, you you don't really get access to that funds. No. Those funds are there to grow the business to achieve X. Correct. So you still got to operate the business. It's just that you've got capital to inject into future growth. Correct. And you, you, t- you mentioned it before, but the idea of like investing... I, I guess I'll give you an example and you can tell me mm-hmm. if correct and we can play on that. But the idea of like why i would raise money to drive growth is let's say there's a market opportunity Mm -hmm. ai big Mm -hmm. buzzword new technology going crazy at the Mm -hmm. moment things are moving really quickly yeah if i'm trying to build a business that doesn't have capital to invest compared to say a competitor who maybe does um they can obviously operate at a much quicker um or on a much shorter time horizon to achieve a product spot on and so the idea yeah. is is that the reason i would raise money is so mm-hmm. that we can either we can accelerate the growth accelerate the development of a product or yeah. you know achieve certain milestones but yeah. with funds that we may not have right now but yeah. we do fundamentally have a great product yeah in in our mind yeah yeah and there's different reasons again yeah, going yeah to your point of, as to but that's spot on but there's reasons why you would raise money and that is to it could be to execute on your plans. It could be to build a product. It doesn't even need to go towards growth. It could be, hey, we're producing a medical innovation. We need 1.5 million to build that innovation. Someone believes in you, believes in the product, where it's going to go, what it's going to do, and they're happy to back you, yep. right? Um, and so prime example, you look at someone like Canva, you know, I mean, they got so many no's initially with their investments. Someone gave them, I think it was 250K or something to build a product. I can't remember what it was. And was at like a 1.5 million valuation and now you know that that value would be about i don't know 260 million dollars for that person right Mm. so these investors are taking bets on the founders and bets on the um team to do what they say they were going to do now some founders might want to 
raise money through a crowd fund, for example. And that is maybe not necessarily just for the money, but it's also to build a community and to build people that are buying into what they have to offer, which might be a product. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so when you do a crowd fund, you've got retail investors coming to the party and going, I like what you're doing. And we, we're doing fractional investing. So they might invest a thousand, a hundred, ten thousand, five hundred dollars, and then you have like three thousand people on your cap table. Now is that Kickstarter. the right Kickstarter. Kickstarter. Is that that's one of them? That's isn't also it? a crowdfund. Yeah. Virtual is a crowdfund. Virtual, that's right. It's a seen, big one. We had someone through here the other day on a podcast. Um God, I don't want to fuck this up, but We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll move on, but it's you know they own a denim company. They, okay. they and they own, they just bought another denim company, yeah. and cool. I've seen that they were raising money on virtual. Yeah, and they're great. Like virtual campaigns are great for product companies, whereas t like tech or startups are better for VCs or yeah. family offices or high net worth individuals yeah. because they're not trying to necessarily build a community. They need more strategic investment. Investment, you know. Um, yeah, so obviously first reason is you want to accelerate growth or execute on what you want to ex ex execute on and you might not have the funds. <coughs> There's instances where I could fund my own project, okay, but I choose not to because I can de-risk myself, number one, okay? De-risk, you mean I don't have to spend my own money to build this thing? Correct, number one. Number two, I can diversify, so I don't have to spend my own money to build this but I can also invest in another project. So I might invest 20% of my net worth or 5% of my net worth on this project, 5% on this project, 5% on this project. So I've got diver diversification. So a lot of the time I personally do that and I like to do that because then my success rate is a lot higher as, as a, an investor as well, not just as a founder. Um, but you could also like, as an example, you yeah. could take, you know, the money that let's say you didn't invest into that project yep. and that that um company and mm -hmm. put that into the S&P. Whatever you want. Yeah. Right, like something like that. That's what you Correct. mean by minimize Diversification. There's, there's yeah. fuck all risk in the S&P if yeah. you do it over a really long yeah. period of time. Yeah. Proven to increase wealth. Yeah. Like it's, you know. But yeah. that's an example of what you mean by like de-risk. Yeah, correct. I mean, there's you know, yeah. there's a lot that you can do, yeah. but that's an example. I know a lot of guys at the top, you know, like high net, I've had the pleasure to work with a lot of high net worth families and a lot of them don't necessarily spend, 99% of the time, they don't spend their own money on some of these big projects, right? Like there's a development that was done in Chapel Street recently, it was I think $250 million project. That person could easily fund that project. They created a fund, they brought investors into the fund. It gives returns to the investors, which is great. So they're getting returned, they're happy. That person doesn't risk their own funds. They build the project, they walk away with a capital return and happy days. Everyone's happy. It's a win-win situation, right? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's it's a complex <sighs> topic. It's a very complex topic, but um, we can go in, you know, days talking about this and why you should do what. I think it's just important to Again, always go back to the basics of why am I doing what I'm doing? And then what am I trying to achieve? What's the goal? Which and that, so that sounds like that's some of the pros. What are some yeah. of the cons of, of, of raising capital? Sure. So some investors are more passive, but then you've got the investors that want to know everything that you do, <laughs> right? And so um, regular reporting and regular, you know, updating to shareholders and so forth and so on can sometimes 
take you away from running your own business and restricting you from spending time where you should be spending. The other thing is when you're taking shareholders as a director of a business, it's your responsibility to do what's in the best interest of shareholders. And so even though you think personally, I should make this move, but it might not necessarily be the, be the best move for um, a shareholder, you can't do it or you shouldn't be doing it because it's very unethical. And so... So that's probably sounds like it's the biggest decision you've got to come, you've got to make is that... Correct. Do you want to report to others? Do you want others to have a... Like a yeah. scene, as soon as you give away equity, I feel like it would be, it's not your decision anymore. Even if you're a majority yeah. shareholder, yeah. everyone's got to be on the bus. Yeah, you're always, as a director, you're always the one to make the decision. However, you're no longer considering yourself only first and what you want to do, but your responsibility is a responsibility of other people's funds and other people's money. And you need to do what's in the best interest of them first and they were or the business, right? Because I say shareholding and that's what you need to consider, right? I think that's very important. If you wanna be going haywire, million bucks, I wanna spend it here, 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 and I don't care what happens to the business, then probably not the smartest thing to bring shareholders. Or if you wanna get a million bucks injected into your business and go to Mykonos for a month and spend <laughs> 150 grand, it's very unethical to do that. So I think if you wanna bring investors, it's with the interest of going, I'm going to make this into a big success story. That's my goal. And you're going to inject and do what's in the best interest of the business and its shareholders. That's the way you should be running a business. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think that's, look, and that's what I mean is like, yeah, as a director, you can make the decisions, yeah. but it's never just your decision anymore. Correct. Like it doesn't matter whether yeah. you're the boss, whatever it is. Yeah. You now have fundamentally yep. other people at the table. Responsibility. And even if you disagree. More often than not, you've got to try to come up with a solution where everybody agrees. Correct. Otherwise, you're, you're, you're pushing shit uphill yeah. anyway. So I always say, I always say, when things go well, everyone's happy. Your shareholders are happy. Employees are happy. All stakeholders are happy. When things don't go well, you're in trouble. So if you back yourself fully, investors will know that you back yourself. If you've got a good track record and they're happy to back you as a person and you can you know, your focus is to grow this business and you've got an agenda to do that, then it's a phenomenal move, right? Because then you could exit at some point, move it on to the right other people that are bought in or whatever, and everyone's walked away happy. If your intentions are different to that, then it's probably best to test with your own funds or funds that you're happy to test with, you know? I think it raises a really good point around if you do decide to raise it's not just about the funds. Mm. It's about who you raise with, yeah. the people you bring into your company. Yeah. You know, do they bring resources? Yeah. Do they bring assets? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm talking out of Tuni. I've never done this before, you know, um, but it's more around like the things I hear and the people yeah. that I speak to and the mentors and so on. Yeah. These are kind of their re repeating themes. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like, you know, it's not just about raising because you said before, like some people are passive, some people are really active. Correct. You know, do they complement your strengths? Yeah. Um, you know, do they bring an asset to the yeah. business outside of money yeah. potentially, you know? Yeah. Very so important point. It sounds like it's a, it, it all becomes really important for that reason. Yeah. Yeah, super important. What point. other cons are there? Um, what other cons are there? I'd probably say... Sounds like fundamentally it might just be that it's it's not 
you know, it's not wheeling and dealing like it's your own business anymore. Yeah, it, it's one of those things. It's like you've got to be comfortable with like people's money is on the table and you're responsible for that money and you're responsible for that entity mm. and you want to deliver. Like, you know, if you're going to take money, you want to be confident that you can deliver. Otherwise, you just, that's not great to, you know, um, I've heard horror stories and you end up in court and you just don't want to do that, right? Like you always want to do it with the right intention. Um, I think outside of money to your point before, you know, there's a lot of value to be had, um, had through not just money, right? Like so strategic investors, depending on what stage of the business you're at and whether you acquire that, there's things like sweat equity components. So a lot of the time in the past I've come in, taken a large proportion of a company based on my, sh um, my sweat equity. So sweat equity is essentially where you add value beyond monetization. And if I was to go get an executive job tomorrow, pay me 1.5 million at a corporate, and I translate that into a year spent on your business, that's what my sweat equity investment becomes. Mm. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, or you might be someone who's built an incredible brand in the industry that you're in, and you can bring in expertise beyond that. So, you know, best op, the first thing I did was I brought some really strategic advisory board members because we didn't have subject matter expertise. So we brought executives from L'Oreal, founders of Baby Bunting, Woolies executive to support that process. And we did that by <coughs> giving them a certain stake in the business. Um, for their advice. For their advice and for their time, for their advice, for their network, for the, all that kind of stuff, right? And um, so it's not always about the money, um, you know, in terms of sort of raising capital as such. Um, then there's ways to do strategic deals as well. Like I did, you probably would have heard on the news, I did a deal with Elite to Sales. Traditionally, they charge you $15,000 a month to work with them, tied them to a 24-month contract. That became an investment injected into our business with um, KPIs that essentially with any uplift would give them more equity in the business. And, you know, even though I not, might not necessarily continue to own 50% of that company, I'll get diluted to a point, but the share of the business is going to be a lot more expensive, right? Can you, can you touch on that deal? Yeah. I think, I think that's really interesting in terms of the yeah. dynamic yeah. nature of equity. So you, you mentioned yeah. that, mentioned that, or can you run us through that deal? Sure. So, um, how that deal came about is, so lead to sales is Australia's leading distribution company for pharmacy. So what they do is they literally sell to pharmacy doors every single day in Australia. They've been doing it for 20 years. They look some after largest brands in Australia, like Natio, Voost, some big players in the pharmacy space. So they've got um, access to about 4,000 to 6,000 pharmacy doors, uh, 58 groups, corporate groups, like Chemist Warehouse, Priceline, so forth and so on. Now to work with them, you, sh you um, meant to do at least $5 million in revenue. Okay. Um, we weren't that at the time. Um, however, they loved what we were doing. One of our advisory board members, has worked with them in the past. So they were keen to work with us, right? And initially was a conversation about acquisition. They were like, hey guys, we love what you're doing. We've been looking for a product like this for ages. Can so, we buy So they, they proposed the, they made that, I guess that initial. Yeah, conversation. Well, we reached out to them. But then they come back with like a, or oh, we're interested. They go, company. yeah, we've been looking at brands like yours. No one's come back to us. You know, can we talk about acquisition? And we're like, would love to, but we're way too early for that. Not interested. However, 
this is what we're proposing. And so one thing led to another. They said, okay, we're happy to look after you. So they've got 27 sales staff on the ground selling to pharmacy doors every day. So when you think about that deal, imagine you trying to hire 27 sales staff tomorrow, training them and finding those sales staff will take you years, right? Plus about four to $5 million in wages every year, which you're not going to be able to afford as a business. Mm. So what that deal entailed is they charge $15,000 retainer every month to work with them. Plus they charge a commission structure. Plus they spend a heap money on marketing. Plus they get the whole sales force to literally focus on selling a product to these pharmacy doors. So each rep might see four to eight pharmacy doors a day. You do the numbers on that. 27 reps on the ground at four to eight pharmacy doors a day over a year. It's a lot of pharmacy doors, mm -hmm. right? They pretty much see all of them. So I basically negotiated a deal with them where we signed a 24 month agreement with them. They have to meet certain KPIs in terms of number of doors or we can pull out of that deal. So, um, is this, is, is it a deferred equity deal? So it's actually, uh, yes, it is. So it's on a safe note instrument, which again, when we talk about equity distribution and raising funds, there's three key instruments. One is safe note instrument, convertible note, and then you've got an equity price round. So we did it on a safe note instrument, which is a very um, founder friendly and an investor friendly instrument, which becomes is becoming more popular. A lot of the big funds are doing it. So they agreed to a certain valuation cap with us through a negotiation. We've agreed to pay them 50. So we, they agreed to, instead of us paying them 15 grand a month, that goes into an equity contribution based on the $6 million valuation cap that we agreed on. Okay. At that point. Um, and then if they don't meet the certain KPI, so if they don't perform, we can pull out of that deal at any time and we give them the equity that they agreed on. And so we've been with them for about two, three months now. We're across about 600 pharmacy doors in three months, which is unbelievably quick, you know, so we're happy with the performance, their shares activated for three months. And then when we do our next round of funding, if it's a price round, their shares will activate at that point. So we have to allocate those shares to them based on the safe note instrument. Um, but where they see an opportunity is that if they perform, they've got skin in the game. And as the value of the business grows, they'll double their money, 10X their money, whatever. So they see capital growth on their time investment. Correct. And potentially acquire us down the track, you know, uh, we don't know. Um, so, and so just, just to cover that off, like, yeah. so what that means is, is there's the, like, I, Look, the safe net instrument, I don't yeah. completely get my head around, but yeah. I understand the idea of deferred equity is like, oh. if they hit the targets, then yeah. it unlocks the yeah. equity. If not, you can pull out, mm -hmm. but for them as a company, mm -hmm. they're investing time. So $15,000 yeah. in the form of time wrapped yeah. up in a service. Yeah. But if they perform, mm -hmm. they know that they're growing the business. Mm -hmm. So it's not just them getting paid the 15 grand as yeah. per se, yeah. they're seeing capital growth on those shares based on whatever the next valuation of the company Correct. is. Correct. Yeah. And so our current, I mean, we've been with them for three months. Our current cap raise we're forecasting to be at about 15 million bucks. They came in at 6 million. You do the numbers on that. They're more so than double their money. they're probably what, a 280% return. Growth in like on the 15,000 every month. Correct. Yeah. So that's the interesting part there. Yeah. I think that's, look, if you're not good with numbers, you might struggle with that. <laughs> but the idea is $6 million valuation, yeah. projected 15 mil in the next based on them helping you grow. Correct. 
the initial investments on 15 grand a month at a six million dollar valuation they're seeing a capital growth increase on that yeah in time investment because they're investing their time yeah um significantly and they probably made that because they're such a great company and they know they can deliver right correct so we were confident in their delivery they were confident in their delivery so they they know that they're going to deliver and they know there will be an upside for that delivery right and so it made sense for them it's a win-win for you guys as well it has every deal has to be a win-win like Mm. there's no deal if it's a win-loss you don't do the deal that's my rule has to be a win-win um yeah it's, it's a great rule to have and then, um, so, so anyway, so think of the $15,000 a month over 24 months, that becomes an injection into the business. That's the equity stake in the business. They participate in the uplift. They help us grow. Everyone's happy, you know, unbelievable deal. Now I must admit like those deals are very rarely done, but we managed to crack it. I did the same thing with digital marketing agency recently. So the way I go about business might be different to others. I do things in the leanest way possible you know and i do that through growing the pie as much as possible as quickly as possible rather than owning the whole because pie. i'll 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 walk away with more by doing that and i think it's a it's interesting like everybody has a different view a different view like some people like me fucking keep the equity no problem do the, whatever but i think it's interesting that there's a dynamic there yeah. you can you can you can skin it however yeah. you want yeah and if you look at all 90% of the most successful companies out there, they had a dilution event, mm. right? Um, because they saw the bigger picture, <laughs> right? So very rarely would you be able to become a billion dollar business without raising capital, right? Oh yeah, for like sure. It's close to impossible. Well, not impossible, but close to it. What are, what are some of the other responsibilities that come? To shareholders? Yeah, like just just that we can kind of round round it off there. Yeah, when you raise money, responsibilities yeah. change from X to Y. Yeah. Um, so responsibilities to your shareholders is um, what you don't want to do is you don't want to do so. Majority of the time, if you're performing, you're doing well. You're doing another round of funding. Ninety-nine percent of the time, you hope that the valuation goes up because you progress the business forward you don't want to be doing a down round because if you do a down round, it means that let's say my business was valued at the last valuation at 10 mil. I didn't deliver. Revenue's gone down. Everything's gone down. We are desperate for capital and an investor goes, okay, we're happy to invest in you, but we'll invest at a $5 million valuation. You've halved these shareholders money by taking that deal. Mm. So, your responsibility is again to try as much as possible to give them as a return increase shareholder value that's the idea yeah and that's what they look for as investors right is this, their numbers are orientated they want to know that you can increase their um shareholding yeah predictability yeah love it hopefully that was valuable yeah super valuable i think it's just yeah. i think it's a good insight into like hey you just need to know that yeah that's that's the beginning it's not the end right like the cap raise is the beginning and and then your responsibilities change yeah Yeah. you're not running a business that's there just to purely fuel your own wealth and you can't pull money out whenever you want and it's it's a very different mechanism to yeah to like you know raising money and and going down that path but um you gotta pick your poison yeah and i've seen like also um there's other reasons why you would give away uh equity and that would be to bring expertise in so as an example, you might build a product now 
and it might cost you $1.5 million to build that product. You've got a quote, but instead of paying $1.5 million, you might go, okay, actually, I'll bring a technical resource who will build me that product in the next six months. Okay, instead of paying 1.5 million, but I'll give him 25% of the company, which is worth $0 at the moment. So you've de-risked yourself because you're not having to spend all that money unnecessarily without knowing someone wants it, the product. You're able to bring someone in who's got subject matter expertise and who's technical and complements your skills as a commercial person, right? And you're able to go, okay, well, I've just de-risked myself. Cut that out. No, no, it's uh, right. no. But you know what I mean? So my mind's gone bananas now because it kind of comes back to what you said before. And I think this is the dynamic that you can start to understand is like. People don't understand this so, shit. That's so, what's frustrating because <laughs> there's so much opportunity. So I, I look at like. That's how I do all my deals. What you said to me was like, yeah. um, or what we, you know, like what we just, we talked about it at yeah. some point during these two conversations. I'm trying to think which one it was, but yeah. you, you said. I, I can you, you like as an example you mm. br- you're bringing in people on a board mm-hmm. as advisors mm-hmm. which gives you an increase in the valuation mm-hmm. and then you know as an example that's how you can that's probably how that sales orientated mm-hmm. deal actually come to fruition mm-hmm. because they're like yeah if I didn't it, have that board member it, it makes wouldn't have the happened. thing look the business look more yeah. valuable than what yeah. it is yeah not to say it's not valuable but it's like yeah. when you add in people yeah there's an there's an IP attached yeah. to that yeah that that Pete that yeah. makes it more valuable so it's like yeah that's how you can lead with those yeah. deals so yeah. yeah it's it's really interesting that makes a lot of sense now yeah that that one percent I gave away is going to generate me about 10 million over the next two years okay in revenue so it's going to impact my top line Plus, when I go and pitch to investors, they've got that person on the board. Wow, okay, there's interest. Something is interesting. We think it's worth more. You know, so there's pros and cons. I, I personally, like, have gone about this way for a long time, and I think it's like for me, it feels right and has served me really well. I mean, I've been in an instant. I sold my first company without raising capital, but we had a database. That's what we sold, right? So. Um, then over the, the years, as I progressed, I learned the art of minimizing your risk, maximizing your upside, and there's ways to do that, you know? Yeah. I love it. Another great episode. Again, guys, if you are enjoying these um, learn series, they're deep dives, there's so much value in them. Just remember to hit the follow and subscribe buttons, share it with your friends if they're going on a similar journey. We're just trying to create free education basically for people in early stage business. Um, So I hope you're enjoying it. Mike, thanks again for more and more value. Um, We are, we're going to dive into another one pretty soon. Awesome. Thanks for having me again.